Hi, this is Mouse. I'm Weens. And we have the Mouse and Weens podcast. Come listen. We're a couple of sisters. It's great. <laughs> is this the Muppets? Yep. I'm a mom. I'm a kid. <laughs> I'm a mom in San Diego with a bunch of kids. I'm single and alone because I'm an adult baby. Go ahead. Quick. She's in Hollywood. All right, listen awesome. to us. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Go. Give ten seconds. (laughs) Life, love, and pubic hair, people. Come take a listen. See you later. Bye. Hi, I'm April. And I'm Steph. And you're listening to The Thirst. You can find us online, Twitter, we're at The Thirst, soundcloud.com forward slash The Thirst Pod. You can find us on Apple Podcasts by searching The Thirst. Instagram, we're at The Thirst Pod, and you can email us to thethirstpod at gmail.com. You can also find us over on Tumblr, thethirstpod at tumblr.com, where we'll be um, sharing links to articles and anything else we reference. And you can also find a link to this in the show notes as well. Um, this is our end of second annual end of year episode. It is. So technically it is episode 25. And it's the final day of the year. It is the final day of the year. We are recording this on New Year's Eve. Yeah, pretty exciting. Goodbye uh, 2018. Um, do you have a pun at all? <laughs> Duck and dive 25. That's Staying a- alive 25. That's, that's why I was singing the That's EG's a good own. one. I've also got 25 by Adele, an album which I do not care about. No, neither do I. I've got that down. Um good. The 25th Hour by Spike Lee. Great Ooh, film. Oh, yeah, yeah. And also Bond 25, coming soon in 2020. Did you look that up on IMDb? I did, yeah. Good, well done. That- I got 25 to Life by Eminem. M- 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 and choice. also The Age in Which Tupac and Peaches Geldof Died. Oh, lovely. So that's an upmarket, upmarket upbeat. Way to end to 2018. Great. So, um, in this episode, like we said, it is our second annual um recap of the year. We like to, well, we say we like to make lists as we it's were, horrendously stressful. It's been quite actually. stressful. So we just we thought that it. we would use this as an opportunity to bring together some of our favourite things that we've enjoyed over the last year. We'll be covering uh films, TV, music books and podcasts and a few extra things as well a few extra easter eggs yes um so i think that we'll maybe just begin with the toughest thing <gasps> yes so um we'll go in hard we'll do our films first it's just too hard really i think full disclaimer we were both really stressing about this because it turns out having to rank stuff like this is really hard and by the time i get to like i don't know number eight, nine, ten. I feel like I'm just trying to shoehorn as many films in as I can. So there's like ten plus all the others that could probably go in the ten. Yeah. And I can't make up my mind. Yeah, so for this... So every year I keep quite a nerdy spreadsheet of everything I've watched film-wise this year, working out what year it was released in, blah, blah, blah. I worked out according to that that this year I've seen, for 2018 UK releases, I've seen 48 new things. That's pretty good. Overall I watched 89 films this year. That's very good. So obviously at least about half, just over half of them were 2018 releases. And we still haven't seen so many films that have been in people's like best of lists. Absolutely. Which is quite stressful. That's one thing I just want to point out as well, is there'll probably be some really obvious, well, glaringly obvious omissions, but we're going on um, things that were released in the UK this year for a general release. Mm. It doesn't necessarily... For example, well, the favourite comes out today as a preview. Yeah. Uh, We haven't got Can You Ever Forgive Me, If Bill Street Could Talk, uh, Vice... 
Beautiful Boy technically isn't out. No, there's totally. loads of them um, that are going to be in people's grade, list. Eighth grade, mid nineties. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that probably would have been in our, in our end of year list. Yeah, had we um, had a UK release for it, but they're not, so they'll probably be in next year's anyway. Um, and so- the same counts for films that came out last year in America, but only came out this year. Oh here. yeah. So they're in some. There's films in this list that were probably in last year, other people's last year lists. Yeah, which absolutely. might be confusing to non UK. It always. Um, it's always it's obviously one of our biggest um bugbears and we've talked about this before that we have to wait so long for things sometimes because of distribution um faffing about and whatnot Mm. so um there are some things that we saw at the very start of this year which would have come out in 2017 um in other territories oh yes so i think that what we'll probably do is we'll just go through our 10 to ones comparing and contrasting and then we'll fill in the gaps of things that are made our um, notable or honorable lists and then anything else um so what have you got at your number 10 uh number 10 was my hardest because there were about six films that i wanted to put in well actually that technic- slot yeah technically i've got 13 but we'll just you, they can all be 10s yeah. yeah i wasn't really sure 10 is literally the one where it's like who gets to make the cut so i don't really know i was sort of leaning towards the shape of water which came out in february Interesting. here mainly eggs fish sex michael shannon um what a de- yeah it was like a return to form for del toro it was mm-hmm. like a comfortable del toro hug probably one of the best things he's done since uh pan's labyrinth um it was just nice i was switching that around with a few other notable others that i will mention in a bit but that was my number 10 uh my number nine was black panther which came out in february probably wins the award for having the most sexy people in one film just palpable oh just so just so much sex on screen uh number eight i put phantom thread which came out in february again that was a later one for us but it's just really really good and has stuck in my mind number seven is a controversial one one thing worth noting actually is that my list like last year contains some films that I actually think are quite flawed but it's like an enjoyability enjoyability isn't a word but this is a list of like films I enjoyed rather than ones I just thought were critically great that's the thing because we're not critics no don't claim to I think be. my list would be different if I was trying to be yeah, a so big ass critic when we were talking about it I said that mine's kind of a mix of like stuff I really really enjoy like got a lot of enjoyment out of but mm. then also some of the stuff that I do think is some of the best things mm-hmm. that came out this year and for me the the way they line up is pretty like yeah. there like yeah. they do they do match up quite a lot but yeah you mine probably don't but there you go um, number seven I put as Suspiria which came out in November some big flaws but it was one hell of a ride this year and one is one of the films that i've spoken about with a lot of people i went and saw it a couple of times at the cinema we had the london film festival experience which i think kind of plays into that as well that it was just like the whole trip of that film whether i thought it was successful or not was just like a real ride it was a big thing for us in 2018 wasn't it yeah So. so i really appreciated it um this one is a this one I haven't actually mentioned to you before. I meant to mention to you earlier. And it is cheating slightly because it isn't out here yet. Um, I watched 8th grade this week. No, you didn't. I did. Um, I didn't know where to wait. Oh, no, it's fine. Oh. I downloaded it, but I hadn't watched it. it oh, watched I watched it, yeah. it this week. Um, it was one of my films I watched by myself, so we can talk about it properly. But I did put it in my list. It's, yeah, it's it's great. Elsie Fisher's just really sick in it. Um, it made me realise that I'm just really glad we didn't have social media as kids. It's got a lovely father and daughter scene, which is very reminiscent of a lot of films we've kind of been really into, like Call Me By Your Name and Lady Bird and Love, Simon. So whenever that comes out, I don't even know if it's got a release over here yet. I think so, it's April. Oh, 
god that is ages away that's a classic but that shot into my list pretty quickly which is great uh, i put five as a star is born totally bind to the relationship between gaga and bradley cooper few lackluster pop scenes but uh i think that first shallow performance kind of kills it very memorable film for us uh, number four i put as widows um some really great performances a really powerful look at sort of racial sexual politics a really good twist on the traditional heist movie and as we discussed before i hope it doesn't get yeah i hope it does get loads of oscar nominations um and it doesn't get overlooked we'll see uh, number three i put as you were never really here wouldn't say it's always the most likable film but it's very yeah very visually kind of stunning it says a lot of things about masculinity and violence has a great soundtrack this one is the one you're gonna hate i put three billboards i knew you'd hate that i put controversial i know in massive capital letters and very flawed why did i enjoy this film so much is it woody harrelson um i don't know i really enjoyed this film and i've watched it quite a few times this year um and it is flawed but uh, I just had a really enjoyable experience watching it. And I put my number one as Lady Bird, just because I loved it so much. Everything in it, the sense of nostalgia, the comedy, the soundtrack was all very, very good. Good show. What is your list? My, the thing is, I knew that Three Billboards was going to be in your Well, I warned you. I was like, you're going to hate my list because I knew that you would be like, why is Three Billboards there? And I sort of can't even explain it. No, I it's just fine. had an enjoy. I just enjoyed watching it. I saw it a couple of times at cinema. I watched it with Wesley as well. And it is a film that I've... Yeah, so I've seen it like three times this year and I have enjoyed it. So. I think the problem for me is that I thought... The more I've thought about it after I've seen it from a personal point of view, the more I disliked it. Yeah. Um, which is fine. I think that there's a lot of things that I've probably seen this year that the more I've dwelled on them after my viewing, I've just actually gone like, nah, not... Maybe not. Probably not as great as it was. But mm. um, I, I knew how much you'd enjoyed it. Yeah, so I, I mean, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I just... I, you know, from the discussions that we had had at the time and the discussions we've had since I knew how much you enjoyed it mm. so um so okay so mine like I said I really <coughs> struggled to try and get a 10 so I've got a top 10 and then there's three that are like they're your notables so yeah my three cusp films are were Annihilation oh yeah yeah that's the, one of my notables um, Alex Garland I just it really did blow me away at the time and I have thought about it quite a lot since mm-hmm. um Infinity War full disclosure I enjoyed that film so much I saw it twice at the cinema you did it was a lot of my time this year was occupied you're very invested in the, the uh, Marvel Universe. Yeah, man, I'm pumped year. for Endgame next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then related to that, Black Panther is number 11. Lovely. Um, just Michael B. Jordan being Michael Generally, B. Jordan. Generally, yeah. So my top 10 is, uh, 10 is 120 beats per minute, mm-hmm. which we talked about last episode. Um, number nine is To All The Boys I've Loved Before. Oh, yes. Um, I just had such a nice time watching that and it was just such an enjoyable experience. I still really need to see that. I do want to watch it. I feel it's like just such I a, will enjoy it. Such a really well executed teen drama and it has been recognized in sort of awards categories and stuff yeah and it's um netflix have announced they're making a follow-up too which is always a delight I haven't, no. I Do you think you'll read it? I almost don't want to. No. Maybe really, it'll ruin a really nice thing. Yeah, I saw it of its own kind of independent thing, so I don't necessarily feel like I need to watch the book. Um, Eight is Widows, which we've discussed before. Just really Very enjoyed um, Steve McQueen's uh, most recent. Uh, Seven is A Star Is Born. <laughs> just a fun time. We just have to put it in there, really, don't we? I know, Out of necessity. I, I don't think you can avoid it. No, and I do know that it's flawed and you could pick it apart but it just... Oh, it's just fun. And it's just nice. It was just a nice time in the cinema. It was a lovely time. It had some banging songs. Right. And a really believable chemistry between I them. Just, I just bought into it. And 
Lady, we love Lady Gaga. Like, if Jackson Maine was a real person, I'd be front and First time I've ever concert. fancied Bradley Cooper. Oh, it was go. a pinnacle moment. Seminal. Uh, number six for me is Phantom Thread, yep. um, a film which I very much enjoyed. Um, if it's Daniel Day Lewis's last performance on film, then um, he's going out on a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where it starts to get controversial. So my top five, it like I spent I spent at least an hour this morning. <laughs> <grappling> <laughs> I, I couldn't be bothered to give mine that much thought. That's very good. It's stressing you. me out so much. So. Devoted. Um, Number five is Ladybird. Yep. Just loved it so, so much. Keep loving it. Greta Goig is oh, just yeah. a queen. Sasha Ronan is fabulous. Timmy doesn't need any Timmy. more accolades from us. Timmy Sims, um, so good. Something I watched last night and my expectations were particularly high for it, but it really did blow me away. Um, we watched Roma. Oh, yes. You which saw is Roma. Um, Alfonso Cuaron's film based on his upbringing in Mexico City and the women who raised him. It's on Netflix. It's caused a bit of controversy because it's being distributed through Netflix, but it's definitely something that probably should be seen in, in the, the cinema. cinema yeah. um, we did watch it at home because we had no alternative. It's not showing in any... It's not coming out here. In this, is no, it having a cinematic release um, at all? In the UK, um, they did a deal with Curzon Simmons, but we don't have one anywhere near us, so we're not going to get the chance to see it unless that changes. But it was just phenomenal. It's just, people talk a lot about the power of cinema and the impact that sort of seeing things, you know, different windows into different Mm. lives and and things like that can have on you. And it's just beautiful. It's just one of the most beautiful films I've seen in a very long time. I'm really looking forward to Um, watching that. Yeah, and I really... carve some time out for it. It's absolutely worth it. It is long. It's, I think, about two hours and fifteen minutes um we decided to have a very strict kind of like lights off phones away policy and just trying to make trying to focus on it as much as we could and i'm Mm. really glad that we did because it really was um phenomenal and something that definitely lives up to all the hype Mm -hmm. um something again that we haven't talked about um i think we briefly touched upon it in our last episode but um my number three is wildlife oh yeah yeah we saw wildlife that Um, was great it's the paul dano directed adaptation of um richard ford's novel wildlife um starring carrie mulligan uh, Jake Gyllenhaal it just I mean I was really looking forward to this because mm. I love the book um, I'm a huge fan of Paul Dano I'm a huge fan of, of Jake Gyllenhaal obviously I really, are you? right never mention it no I think Carrie Mulligan is just a phenomenal actress she's brilliant in it when she's well. given the right material mm. and she's really brilliant in mm. it it's about the sort of breaking down of a marriage as seen through the eyes of a teenage boy who mm. sort of idolises his parents but then begins to see the flaws in both of them it's set in Montana some of the just the cinematography of the whole thing is Mm, beautiful mm. just the way that it utilizes the landscapes I mean I haven't stopped thinking about it since we saw it Mm -hmm. I was really pumped for it and we saw it at the start of November yeah it wasn't that long ago was it it wasn't that long ago but there's one particular scene towards the end of the film which isn't in the book I mean I think it's a very very truthful adaptation of the novel which I think is rare as well it's so rare to me that you will read a book and then go and see it in the cinema and go like actually yes that that is beat for beat but I think that so um, Paul Dano adapted it for the screen with his partner Zoe Kazan and I do genuinely think that they've just absolutely nailed it like I mm. can't when I was watching it I was really able to to just take myself back to when yeah, I read yeah. the book and how I felt and for me that was like huge mm. um, but yeah so there's one scene at the end of the film um, that isn't in the book that just absolutely like fucked me up like it just it's such a simple kind of setup but it just 
I've been thinking about it. I'm trying to remember since. what sin that is. You have to remind me later. Yeah, it's just really powerful. Um, so I, if anyone gets the opportunity to see wildlife at any it's really point good. in the new yeah. year, it's definitely worth seeing. Um, my number two is um, you were never really here. Um, mm-hmm. Lynn Ramsey's adaptation of the Jonathan Ames um, novella. My number one and my number two actually are really really close because I do think that um, this again is a film that I have not stopped thinking about mm. this year. I I absolutely loved it after we saw it and then I watched it again recently mm-hmm. with slight trepidation because I really kind of hyped it up in my brain of how much I had enjoyed it at the time and I just think it it's just one of the most powerful Mm. pieces of cinema and just the way that it looks the simplicity of the storytelling just Joaquin Phoenix's performance is just phenomenal Um, and my number one unsurprisingly is First First Reformed Reformed, I just much like you were never really here you really liked this film so much I really liked it and I've just I haven't stopped thinking about it all year we saw it in March I Mm. think yeah Um, it was quite a while ago except it doesn't feel like that long ago no it doesn't but the impact that it had on me is just mad like it's I, I don't know it's like like with you and three billboards mm. I can't really put into words exactly why I liked it so much but the storytelling the way that it looked Ethan Hawke's performance is fucking phenomenal and I think it's going to be a travesty that he's absolutely not I know, going to be recognised for it it's crazy it's just crazy it's a weird one like I can totally see that he should be yeah he should be in the running for things like that and I'm don't really know. I, yeah, clearly I'm not in on the Hollywood insight because I don't really know why he's by new overlooked. Yeah, it's mad, but there's just so many th- sort of scenes and snapshots from it that I just keep coming back to. Um, I think in 2018 as well, where it's been a very kind of a year full of fraught discussions about the um sort of yeah. gradual decline the of, the world. of the climate, the state of the world. I think for me, it's just a film that really typifies sort of the way that the world is at the moment. And I really would recommend it to anyone if they want something yeah. that I think powerful. it hit like I think I don't know whether it was a bit too close to home for me as in like it was so yeah it it felt so timely being this year it like makes uncomfortable viewing and I don't know whether I, think, I almost like like I think that's either a reason that you really enjoy it or it just kind of scared me a little bit so yeah, I didn't I like take as much enjoyment from it because I was just a bit scared I think it's funny because it's not necessarily a film that you enjoy because it makes you feel like positive or upbeat or anything no. like that but I think because a lot of the things that are discussed in the film are things that I think about on a regular basis in a I really try not to slightly, yeah slightly <laughs> so, misanthropic way so I think it's probably why I bought into so you just, it so it's much. just a sad girl dwelling film is this it what you're saying it just makes me? you think about how shit the world is so um, so all in all that's all April's favourite film um, just some honourable <laughs> mentions which I'm sure will be things that um, either you've just yeah. you've mentioned in yours or, or oh, you've got in yours yeah. well um, Love, Simon The Post mm. The Shape of Water Suspiria was in my honourables yeah. um, Set It Up um, Black Klansman mm. Juliet Naked which was another Ethan Hawke film I very yeah. much like um, The Miseducation of Cameron Post which, which you watched, watched this week didn't yeah, you I need to catch up on that it was as well. very very good uh, Game Night Blockers Hereditary Bald of Buster Scruggs the uh, Coen Brothers film on Netflix mm. um, I, Tonya Beautiful Boy Isle of Dogs Mandy were there anything else that you kind of enjoyed this year that you yeah I mean it's very to? similar I so my notable others I put Annihilation I saw A Quiet Place which I did really enjoy but hasn't stuck with me in quite the way that it's stuck with a lot of people who you know for some people it's like the horror film of the year and I thought it was good and pretty tense but it didn't quite like it wasn't it wasn't as groundbreaking for me I guess mm-hmm. but it was enjoyable I would like to watch it again to see whether I like it anymore and um, I put Black Klansman which is making a lot of people's top lists I think it was really good I did put Hereditary um, again a film that's been like hyped so much and I think there are some big flaws in it but generally it was quite a viewing experience and I've watched it again since and 
yeah, it's pretty good, but there are some bits I'm not so keen on. Um, and I think actually the hype puts me off a little bit because mm. I really like everyone talking about how it's the best thing since sliced bread. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's just mean. not. 120 Beats Per Minute was a really important film this year. Uh, I watched Leave No Trace this week, um, which is like quite a quiet, one of those, you know, quite gentle, quite quiet films um, follows a father and his daughter. Um, who live out in a park. They live a very unconventional lifestyle and they're very happy living their unconventional lifestyle, but the rest of society kind of wants them to fit in um, and it tracks their ongoing struggle as they try and find um, a permanent home for themselves and a place where they feel comfortable. Just a really, really gentle, quite sad film, but really, yeah, it does it does pack a punch and you do think about it afterwards, so I really enjoyed that. Um, I saw The Little Stranger, which was um, the, the adaption of the the Sarah Hall novel um which I really really liked and that had Ruth Wilson in it uh Wildlife was really really good um I saw Buster Scruggs as well which was great I didn't put Beautiful Boy in but I probably should have that's out next year but that's a notable other um and I watched Beast last night which I wanted to see at the cinema but the cinema broke on me two days in a row so I couldn't go and see it really just a really tense gripping slightly unpleasant film about a woman who falls for um a kind of strange suspicious odd man um they're based in guernsey and um they the whole it has a really open-ended kind of ending so you're left wondering who is the kind of beast in the story who's the who's the bad guy who's guilty and who's innocent and i really i thought it was really gripping all the way through and it had a really satisfactory ending that kind of left everything open for you to decide so i would definitely recommend that that's just gone up on streaming services as well um, I think that's probably it. Interesting. Um, so those are our lists. Um, I, we did ask other people to let us know what some of their favourite things from this year were. So we've got a few that we'll share. Um, Vaughn said her favourites from this year were Black Panther, Annihilation, I Used to Be Normal, Paddington 2, Can You Ever Forgive Me, Love, Simon, The Miseducation of Cameron Post, Crazy Rich Asians, A Star is Born and RBG. Um, Thomas said 120 beats per minute, Roma, You Were Never Really Here. Mm. Terry said Mary and the Witch's Flower and Suspiria, I loved her on Vogue witches were this year. Oh, they were, yeah. Uh, Vic's really enjoyed A Quiet Place. Sophie enjoyed uh, Won't You Be My Neighbour. Jen said The Shape of Water, I, Tonya, Lady Bird, Mary Poppins returns to All the Boys I've Loved Before and Black Klansmen. I wasn't as fussed on I, Tonya, you know. I don't know why. I just, like... I... It was fine, but I just didn't love it. No, I don't know. I sort of expected I'd love it. Yeah, I, I quite liked it. Margot Robbie's performance in it was good. Mm. My um, feeling... And I liked Sebastian Stan, mm-hmm. obviously. Did you? I did, mm. yeah. Um, but I think I was just annoyed because Alison Janney won all those awards and I didn't think her performance was anything other than just was, a very Alison Janney Yeah, it wasn't that, like, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? When we get into awards season, like, next month onwards, I th- I'm sure we'll come across this again and again. It's like, didn't meet the hype of, like, why is why is she getting all yeah. of those awards? Not that she's not, a, you know, a good actress. No, but, but for me... I just... mean, you'd, you'd expect someone to just knock it out of the park. Yeah. So I, yeah, definitely agree on that. A few others from people. Duncan said, uh, you were never really here. First Reformed and Phantom Thread. So very similar to you. Uh, Stacy said, A Star is Born, Avengers Infinity War, Blockers, Halloween, Won't You Be My Neighbour, Ben is Back and Mandy. Oh, I left Mandy off mine, actually, by accident. I deleted it. Mandy is my notable other as well. Jess said, A Quiet Place. She said, Call Me By Your Name, brackets. I saw it in January in a cinema, so it counts. I'm not sure it does, but we'll allow it. Um, A Star Is Born and Love, Simon. Rob said, Halloween. Rob. Uh, Phil said, Avengers, Black Panther and Ready Player One. Phil. 
And Bailey said Dumpling, Black Klansman and Avengers Infinity War. So on to television. I think, did you write a list for television or did you just do your top picks of the so, year? So again, when we were sort of discussing in, in the build up to recording this episode, I said to you that I really struggled to do a, a top 10 for TV because apparently I've basically watched nothing new this year. <laughs> I have done a lot of re-watching. So Tom and yeah, I spent fair. a lot of this year re-watching ER. I forgot um, your big ER bin. Yeah, we've uh, been re-watching a lot of the Bourdain, Anthony Bourdain mm-hmm. um, shows as well. So a lot of our actual TV time has been occupied by things that were non-2018. Uh, but I did, was able to come up with a five and a few other things. That That's I did fine. Enjoy. Mine's just a, a, a roundup, a highlights list rather than an Do your highlights list. reel. Um, my highlights reel um, are probably not going to be much of a surprise to anyone. Uh, so I really enjoyed Haunting of Hill House. A great balance of character development and story and jump scares began as something creepy and fairly generic, but pivots com- from kind of episode five onwards into something really spectacular. Episode six, Two Storms, is one of my favourite episodes of television this year. Um, all of the multiple singer camera takes and the ghosts hidden in the shots throughout the series. It's just a really, really good horror show, and you don't get many. Um, Castle Rock was one of my highlights, which isn't out here, but is out in uh, the US. Um, it's an anthology series, and they're already got a season two in the the pipeline based in the fictional setting of Castle Rock within Stephen King's universe so that was obviously going to be something I loved put me on a Bill Skarsgård's thirst for quite a long time made me remember just how amazing Sissy Spacek is really love Andre Holland lots of King references to keep me happy um the ending was lackluster I'd say the final episode but we had another you know nine episodes or something before that that were really really strong um and episode seven the queen again is one of my favorite episodes of tv this year um sharp objects i enjoyed very much here we discussed it you know for the general mood soundtrack the kind of hazy imagery we talked about how it feels a little bit rushed at the end but the epilogue was really really strong and really great and it's just a really good standalone series i have to shout out queer eye because it just you know for somebody who never watches any kind of reality tv i was so fully on board with this and it's been such a key reference point for us throughout the year and it's just pure unadulterated joy and I'm also going to shout out Riverdale because I do every year. And also Ira Madison said, uh, agreed that Riverdale was his highlight of the year. Your, so Your dedication to Riverdale makes me so happy. My dedication to Riverdale is something that brings me immense joy. And this ridiculous TV programme has pulled me out of quite a few slumps this year. Well, um, and go. I just really appreciate it. My just couple of notable others are The Alienist, Killing Eve obviously was a really strong one and the terror sabrina was a bit of fun and slightly cheating that we've only just started the second season of atlanta but that's really strong as well so i had sort of a top five and then some other things that i've kind of enjoyed that's basically what i did so um my number five is um glow season two um lovely i just really enjoy glow it just fills me with such joy it's not anything we love joyful things has some brilliant performances from alison brie and everyone else on the cast queer eye seasons one and two oh my because God. they both happened can't this believe year. they both dropped this year how much of our year what has tease. been spent occupying sending each other pictures of anthony in his right. pants yeah oh the joy God. that show has so brought into much. our lives this year has been much needed it's just introduced us to so many new things right um atlanta season two i'm mm. really glad that you started watching it because i think that and atlanta is a really, really i just great go show. it almost goes without saying that it's so good it's sort of just universally acknowledged that it's it's 
it's just really, so, yeah. really quality good it's programming. It's really, really good. Brian Tyree Henry as Paperboy is just like so, so good. Good. So good. He's brilliant in Widows, and I'm really looking forward to his um pin popping up in If Bill Street Could Talk next yes, year. Yes, so excited for that. Um and then basically my one and two are sort of actually a tie because it's the marvellous Mrs. Maisel, seasons Lovely. one and two, and then Ugly Delicious. Um of which course. Is on Netflix. So Ugly Delicious, I think I've t- referenced before, yes, but it's um Dave Chang's anthology series where he kind of goes around the world you love a cooking show don't you so much of my year has been consumed by not being able to consume things as much as I (laughs) want to because I've not been very well for a large portion of it but the thing that I did as an antithesis to that is just watch a lot of food tv and read a lot of food books and and articles and stuff and immersing yourself in something that is about food when like food is the bane of your existence is is like a weird I don't know dichotomy but it's It's just so enjoyable torture porn but not yeah it's just so enjoyable it's like it's like literally comfort food like watching someone be really enthusiastic about cuisine and food cultures and traveling around the world and talking to people who make particular mm. foods and and it's just brilliant but it's such a universal thing as well yeah like, uh, i can understand how that would be a really positive kind of wholesome experience it's just really interesting and like he's so enthusiastic and i think he's he's someone who i've just really gone for sort of throttling to enjoying the work of this year so very much recommend that if you uh, find yourself in a bind of something to watch it's on netflix um marvelous mrs Maisel I have talked about it before on the podcast but the second season of it dropped at the beginning of December and over the Christmas period uh, Thomas and I have just binged it binged it and I just fucking love it so much I love I've enjoyed your tweets very much I just love a period drama but that's not really a period I was gonna say like a period drama that's not I can't imagine you just loving a period drama no it's like more of a period piece because it's like Downton Abbey I think it's because it's set in the late 50s early 60s and it's a period of time which I've studied a lot from an academic point of view when I was at uni and just love anyway from a cultural point of view Mm. that particular period in American culture is very interesting Mm. Um, I love Mad Men which is the Mm. 60s so it's a very similar aesthetic Rachel Brosnahan is brilliant as Midge Maisel and I just fucking love Michael Zegan, who plays Joel Maisel so <laughs> much. Yeah. I'm driving everyone in my household crazy because of how much I love him. But the show is brilliant. Has Tom had enough yet? Is he like, so just quit it? Up. Quit so it. fed up. Leave it. Um, but we finished it a couple of days ago and I'm bereft now because it's just it filled me with so much joy over the Christmas period, which has been much needed. Um, so if anyone's a Maisel fan and wants to have a chat about it, because I know so few people that watch it. Um, oh, we need, yeah, need more Maisel It's like, it has the same, to. because it's Amy Sherman Palladino, who did Gilmore Girls, it has a similar kind of way with its rapidity of its dialogue. Oh, okay. I actually enjoy it 10 times more than I enjoy Gilmore Girls. Ooh, so uh, there you go. Um, my honourables included Killing Eve, which mm-hmm. we've talked about before, The Good Place, um, It's Supper Time, which is Matty Masses, show which i know we've talked about sharp objects i've really enjoyed watching bourdain's programs as oh, yes. we've talked about and also brooklyn 99 oh brooklyn 99 was actually on my oh, list nine. and yeah season six comes yes. back in the new year so. yes after all that uh yeah after we all the extreme it. stress we nearly lost it that would have been like the real the real end to 2018 wouldn't right. it but um we saved it so there's some hope after all I've got some others listed uh, from other people. Phil said Sabrina and Haunting of Hill House. Bailey said Killing Eve and the emotional roller coaster that was Brooklyn Nine Nine being cancelled and then saved. Stressful. Stacy said Glow, Sharp Objects, Everything Sucks, Ozark, The Juice, Queer Eye, and Dark Tourist. I forgot about Dark Tourist. That was a thing. And Duncan said Killing Eve, The Terror, and Atlanta. 
Um, Von also let us know her fave. She said Killing Eve, The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Queer Eye, Doctor Who, Schitt's Creek and Sabrina. Um, Thomas agreed with me on The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel front uh, and also The Lobster Diner sketch from Saturday Night Live. Oh. Basically obsessed with and ugly delicious. Brilliant. Um, Terry said Sabrina and the live episode of Inside Number Nine. Oh God, yeah. Vix yeah. really enjoyed Killing Eve. Um, Sophie said, I know it's cheesy but Series 2 of Stranger Things and Big Mouth were so brilliant. Um, Kirby said Forever, highly underrated but I adored it. The Bisexual, Maniac, The Marvellous Mrs. Maisel, Insecure, The Good Place. Also, 2018 proved to be the year I finally got heavily into Love Island. Ooh, so controversial. Um, so, on to uh, music. God, I could have spent hours on this as well. I <coughs> thought there wasn't actually that much I knew that I listened to this year, but um, apparently I but did. But there was? I don't... Did you do, like, a, a proper... No, what I did is I did um, some of my favourite pop records for this year, some of my favourite records that are not pop records, um, a few soundtrack shout-outs, and a few notable others. You're so, so organised. I know. Love yeah, it. I did a little bit of... That made me feel better, because Fisting. I think... When I tried to do a top ten last year, and I was mixing, like, genres, it was just making me feel quite ill, so yeah. I don't want to do that Fine, this done time. the same. You go first. Um, none of this is going to be a surprise, really. Um, so my favourite pop records of the year... Um, how many times did I listen to Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy? Quite a lot. We rinsed I that. just really like this record and I don't even care. And everyone's agreed with me on Facebook anyway, so She's I don't even need to defend myself. Um, Sweetener by Ariana Grande has just been... It's been a year of Ari, hasn't it? Uh, something we weren't expecting in the slightest. Absolutely. But are now fully on board with. Janelle Monae, Dirty Computer came out this year, which I can't believe came out this year, actually. Um, I listened to that again a few times the other day. It's just really, really strong. And Janelle has brought us, I'd say, collectively a lot of joy this year. Was that April she this and, year? Yeah, something like that. Sorry. She and Tessa Thompson as well. It's just too much. And it's like having a little slice of sort of prints back in the room, which is lovely. Troy Savan Bloom was a very strong record, which um, I was slightly delayed in getting into, but it was very, very good. Um, I put bonus anything by Charlie XCX because I think... A lot of the top tracks this year have been Charlie tracks, yeah, which has been lovely. Um, I've also noted uh, Years and Years was a really strong record. Uh, the Likey Lee record was very, very good. Georgia Smith's record and Robin. What else did I put? Uh, I shouted out to soundtracks um, You Were Never Really Here. I had to put A Star Is Born somewhere because how many times did we listen to Shallow? Just rinsed that. Oh God, we just rinsed it. Although I'm not as taken with Bradley Cooper's tracks as some people. Rude. Just sounds like Nickelback. Um, <laughs> the Black Panther soundtrack is obviously extremely strong. Um, and the Ladybird soundtrack just got me listening to Alanis Morissette more in 2018, which is always a lovely thing. And just quickly, my other best records of the year that are not pop records that no one else is going to care about. So I will just quickly say um, The Soft Moon Criminal um, is just like low-key Nine Inch Nails, very pretty Hate Machine-esque industrial pop. Very, very good. Um, Hide, Castration Anxiety, which is the debut album from um, Heather Gable and Seth Scher, who are an industrial duo. It's very, 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 very good. Um, Nine Inch Nails Bad Witch came out this year, and I can't forget going to see them again at, uh, what was it called? Uh, South Bank, no. Royal Music Hall. Royal Music Hall, very, very fun. Um, And Led Into Gold, The Sun Behind the Sun, which is the revival of a band from Paul Barker, who's formerly of Ministry. So if anyone, no one, uh, likes early Ministry, not later Ministry, because no one likes it, um, listen to Led Into Gold. That was my cross-section of pop music 
and then going into industrial and post You're so organised so. with all your, your proper listing of it. So I did like a solid, well, I did 12 really. Did you? You did a list. Yeah, well done. But only because it just helped me really formulate my thoughts. But um, the funny thing that kind of refutes a lot of this. So when that end of year Spotify playlist came oh, up yeah. and it has all like your top songs or whatever. So like 25 Charlie XCX songs. Yeah, basically, which is which is completely true. But the thing is, I didn't realise that the data for that's collated from like January to October. So oh, yes. it's not a full year. But I'm, I still have Last FM, which if anyone has ever used last fm before it just charts out all of your your listening um, and my last fm top four top yeah. five sorry this is funny um for the year so albums wise bearing in mind um interpol only released one album this year How my, interpol albums? my top five this year is four interpol albums well done and then the mo record super fine. fan super fan and then my top artists for this year are um interpol, interpol. beastie boys lovely charlie xcx sufjan stevens and the national this is very on brand so for I'm, you. I'm nothing if but consistent so my favorite records of the year is a mixed bunch um because there's been a lot of different things that i have enjoyed um the star is born um soundtrack is is a kind of a close 12 i just have listened to that so much and it's brought me so much joy especially the version with all of the like little clips from oh the, the soundtrack film. version it's like listening to the it's like, like the watching film. The you film know again. how i feel about that i don't like it when bits of the film dialogue are that. in there it's like i'm it's like i'm rewatching I it can't. again um dirty computer by janelle monae is a close 11 um very much enjoyed that as discussed <coughs> uh, my number 10 was chris by christine and the queens which is a really really solid Do you know what i couldn't record. quite get on board with that i just found it like Could a bit not? too i don't know like a bit i don't know maybe i just i don't know whether it was just a bit too slow paced it's been a me. slow burn for me it's a bit of a slow burn i've really enjoyed it a lot in the last few months it's just a really solid pop record it's been um, in lots of people's top lists but it hasn't quite caught me but, um yeah it, i it definitely i think it's worth persevering with mm. i i just i did the same thing really and i just really enjoy it now um number nine is fm by vince staples mm-hmm. which um is really short i think it's only 25 minutes long Blimey. but it is an album it's just brilliant uh sweetener by ariana grande mm-hmm. who knew that ari would end up in my top 10 every year we did like it very much um the black panther soundtrack with kendrick lamar very strong. Al. um number six is bottle it in by kurt vile kurt vile someone mm-hmm. whose work i adore a lot um and that record um, came out in October. It sort of made its way into my top of the year um, very quickly. Sort of related, actually, because they released a, a record together last year. Um, it's Courtney Barnett's record, oh, record yes. um, Tell Me How You Really Feel. That was kind of a slow burn with me, actually. But um, I've listened to it a lot in the last um, few months. I think she's brilliant. Number four is uh, Hope Downs by a band called Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever, who mm-hmm. are a Melbourne-based band. Um, and this is really funny because it's only something that I've discovered in the last month. But I've oh, listened nice. to it so much i think it came out in the summer um but it's just kind of like kind of poppy kind of like surfy i don't know it's really hard to describe but they're really really good um and it's just a really kind of like up, upbeat kind of pop rock record mm. um number three is honey by robin um Lovely. i adore robin so much and i was really i know you were really hyped for this turn to f- and i just think it's brilliant i think she's just phenomenal um number three is forever neverland by mo and my favorite record this year is marauder by interpol sorry is it yeah a i surprise. mean 
Like, the thing is, the thing about this is it's probably not the best record that came out. It's not made anyone else's matter. top 10 of the year. But it's just brought me so much joy and so much of my time this year was spent listening to Interpol as a whole. Yeah. That my anticipation for it and then seeing them in November and, and the sheer joy that their existence has brought me. So it deserved to be number one, really. Um, Some honourables, Charlie XCX in general. Yes. All of those singles Yeah, I think we had to both say that really, didn't we? Um, The Boy Genius EP which is Boy Genius of Julian Baker, Lucy Dacus and Phoebe Bridges. Um, that's brilliant. Love all three of them. So the fact that they've come together f- to kind of form a super group is just um, the icing on the uh, cake, really. Uh, the Phantom Thread and You Were Never Really Here. Um, yeah, s- very good. Scores by Johnny Greenwood. Um, Jericho Sirens by Hot Snakes. Um, mm-hmm. Lucy Dacus's record, Historian. Um, Joy is an Act of Resistance by Idols. Um, Offerings by Typhoon. Cardi B again. Um, God's Favourite Customer by Father John Misty. Paolo Santo by Years and Years, Be the Cowboy by Mitski, Expectations by Hayley Kyoko, The Choice of Anne record, um, Mac Miller's Swimming as well. Um, oh, I forgot about that, yeah. Uh, Cheer by Drug Church and uh, The National released a live record this year, which doesn't technically count because it's live. A live records can count. It's just a live if recording. If it came out this year, that counts. It's a live recording of them playing their album Boxer in full in Brussels, but I love The National, so there you go. Um, some other people let us know their favourites. Uh, Von enjoyed uh, Dirty Computer, Bloom, Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves, Be the Cowboy, Mitski, Expectations, Hayley Kyoko, mm-hmm. The Paolo Santo record um, by Years and Years, Sweetener by Ariana Grande, uh, Honey by Robin, Love Monster by Amy Shark, and LM5 by Little Mix, of course. Wouldn't have expected. Oh, God, do you know what? I haven't listened to that record, I and I probably should, because Von, I love a Little Mix. Von flies the flag for us on the Little Mix front. Um, Thomas really enjoyed Shame Job by BB and the Blitz, Happiness Hours by The Sidekicks, How to Socialise and Make Friends by Camp Cope. Vix said the new Death Cab for Cutie record. So oh, he nice. spent a lot of time listening to the Ariana Grande, um, the John Legend's Christmas album, John Boy Genius, Kylie Rae Jepsen, and any song from any of the top four of RuPaul's Jag Race. Brilliant. Duncan said Saba, Saba, Saba. Oh, Alex Batten loves that record. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was an Alex Batten. Low, the record from Low, which is a really good record. I listened to that this week. Um, and El Sweatshirt. Jim said Merkage Dave Changed My Life by Merkage Dave. Legitimately had to Google who Merkage Dave was because I thought he was taking the piss. It's Peak Jim. Um, it is peak Jim. Yeah. Uh, Stacy said uh, Cardi B, Terra, um, Ariana Grande, Sweetener, Robin, Honey, Sleep, The Sciences, Eminem, and Nicki Minaj. Queen. Nicki Minaj released something this she year. She did, yeah. Christ. Um, Arouge said 67. Uh, Phil said all of the Kanye West Good Summer series. The Black Panther soundtrack and Eminem. Bailey said Larkin Poe, The Interrupters and The Rum Jacks. Lovely. Do you know what? This year you've got less sad girl music. I have. In your top list, which I think means you have felt a little more hopeful this year, maybe. (laughs) Who can say? Who can say what an antithesis to the reality of how you felt this year? Who can say? Um, We haven't done songs this year. Last year we did, but we will make our 2018 playlist at some point and then share that on platforms. I think that's a better way of doing it. We can just mix some really horrible genres and make everyone feel quite ill. Who who doesn't love Can't wait. that? A joy. On to books. I have uh, again. I've just done some top picks, but I haven't done a list. But. I have put, what have I done? One, two, three, four, five, six. So I've put six of my favourites from this year. So from the top, lots of S's, strange. Sarah Perry, uh, Mel Moth, um, is sort of a, a modern, postmodern gothic tale, full of gloom. It's a bit hopeless. There is a small ray of hope in it, but it is pretty dark. Um, Sarah Perry's just an amazingly rich storyteller. 
Um, she does so well at layering narratives. Um, and I read this in the middle of the Beast from the East, the big the big snowstorm we had, um, and it was just extremely atmospheric. Um, it's a really really great read. Sarah Moss Ghost Wall. It's the first Sarah Moss book I've read actually, and I'm definitely going to read more. It's quite short, almost like a novella based at a camping expedition in rural Northumberland, um, and it's a combination of ancient ritual and present day family trauma that I would definitely recommend. It's got some really horrible building tension. Uh, Sally Rooney, which is making everyone's top list this year, uh, Normal People. Fiction that it's kind of most relatable for women our age, I'd say, um, and something I would definitely recommend to kind of young-ish women everywhere. I read Anna Mackman's Devoured, um, which is a book that was published um, by Propolis Books this year, which is a, a local publisher, actually, based in Norwich. Um, just a really interesting book with a really interesting narrative structure. It's set in a commune in rural Norfolk in the 70s, and it's a coming-of-age tale from the perspective of a 12-year-old. Um, and I've just noticed there's been a lot of kind of coming-of-age books and movies this year that I've yeah. identified with quite strongly. So I don't know whether that's that more are being made or whether I'm just at my, you know, my grand old age of, you know, being like hitting 30, that this is a I thing that I reflect on now. it's a precursor to turning 30. Do you think yes, so? Yes, I think that you do a lot of introspection oh, and, God. and reflection and get really the nostalgic because you're suddenly confronted with looming old age. Anyway. <laughs> yes, can't wait um, for that. Stay tuned for next year when I'm suddenly, yeah, having a midlife crisis. Um, have to give a shout out to Michelle McNamara's I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's obsessive search for the Golden State Killer. I love me some true crime. And this was just a really interesting book to read in the year that they actually caught the Golden State Killer. Um, and for anyone who's a true crime fan, they know that's extremely exciting. Um, and another S, Stephen King, just a shout out, didn't read any of his books that were published this year, but I did my, set myself the task of reading um, Stephen, uh, reading all of Stephen King's books, not in a year, don't be crazy. Imagine if you did that no, in a year. That's like... Quick That's job. at least like 57 novels and not everything else. So, but I'm reading every other book I read is Stephen King and I've mostly stuck to that. And it means that I've read some of the ones that I've always wanted to read this year. Um, and I've just finished The Dark Tower, which was very good. And I'm just looking forward to going into year two of what I have worked out will be seven years worth of reading just to get through the novels. Again, I'm nothing if not predictable. Imagine how enriched um, you'll be after Bloody hell. I, can I just get given a PhD You'll after be nearly that? 40. I'll be old and way past, well, I'd say way past reading Stephen King, but I'm not, am I? But I think they should just give me an automatic, like, PhD or something you after I've done that. get funding for that. Yeah, I'd I pay could. a Kickstarter. Thank you. I'll put that Fine. on, uh, yeah, I'll put that on Kickstarter. Little crowd fun there. Um, that's all I'm going to give a shout out to, but they were my um, lots of women this year, plus old Steve. Yeah, so um, this year I set the arbitrary challenge. Well, I did on Goodreads, so it's not really arbitrary. Oh, I love a Goodreads challenge. My Goodreads challenge this year was 55, and I did 50, which That's I think brilliant. is an achievement in itself. That's still um, more than a book a week. Right? Good and maths. then, but the thing that was quite cool, which wasn't intentional, <coughs> but I'm glad it's ended up that way, is that 35 of those books were written by women. Lovely. So that is fairly indicative of the, the quality of the books that I've read mm. this year, I'd say. So I did a 10, but some of them actually probably weren't published this year one of them i definitely know wasn't published this year are they contemporary 
Uh, yeah, relatively. There you go, then you're um, fine. I mean, so I've got a, a ten of things I enjoyed this year, and a majority of them were published in 2018. And um, last night, actually, the last book I read this year was um, "If Bill Street Could Talk" by James Baldwin. Oh, did you read? Brilliant. Yeah. So James, that, I think it was published 74, maybe 73. I think. Yeah. Um, but I've never read any James Baldwin before. I don't know how I managed to get through an American Studies degree and not. Yeah, that's James a Baldwin. yeah. Um, but I basically didn't want to go and see the film when it comes out in February, and having not read it, it was fucking amazing like I've I'm really annoyed at myself that I had never read any James Baldwin before because the quality of his writing is just brilliant and it's not a very long book but the the way that he just creates characters mm. is just astounding so I'm really glad that was the last book I read this year um I also finally read M Train as well by Patty Smith lovely um, I really love Patty Smith's good writing. old Patty we saw Patty this year that was a highlight we did what a queen um she's just a phenomenal writer as well and the way that she talks about um New York and her life is just brilliant um I also read Heartburn by Nora Ephron. Um, mm-hmm. Nora Ephron's someone whose writing I adore, and Heartburn is her only novel, I think. And I'm glad that I finally got around to reading that. That's food based as well, so it kind of. Ties oh, in. you love a good food. Um, so things that I think were re- are relatively more contemporary, anyway. So um, my number seven was The Great Believers by Rebecca Mackay. Um, it's a book that kind of it's got two double narratives. Um, one is set in 1980s Chicago and covers the AIDS crisis and the mm-hmm. impact that it has on the queer community there. And the other is kind of one of the characters from that particular time period in a more contemporary modern setting as she kind of deals with the legacy of losing a lot of her friends and relatives and the impact that then that then has on her life going forward. Um, it was really brilliant. Um, I think it um, made the National Prize in the States mm. um, shortlist for that. Um, so it's definitely worth seeking out if you get the chance. Um, I finally read Sing Unburied Sing by Jasmine Ward as well. Oh, yeah. Um, which was brilliant. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, I read that. I really like her writing. Um, I really enjoyed that. Um, the Water Cure by Sophie McIntosh was just really, really wonderful book. Um, my Year of Rest and Relaxation by Tessa Mushveg. I mean, my top three are pretty much... Um, were re- it was really hard to pick one of my favourites. Um, but My Year of Rest and Relaxation was just brilliant. Um, it's about a woman who goes to... Decides that she wants to avoid her problems and interacting with people and by just sleeping all of the time. Um, which Sounds lovely just sounds so relatable mm. um, and it's also set at the turn of the millennium as well kind of the build up to 9-11 which is oh, yeah. a really interesting um, kind of decision from Did a you, plot point I of view I tested the one that wrote Eileen as yes, well yes and I'm reading Eileen at the moment are you I'd be interested to see what you think of Eileen because I didn't love it as much as I thought I would so I'd be keen to see what you thought um, the thing with the protagonist of my year of rest and relaxation is one thing that I found that kept coming up when I've read stuff about it afterwards is that she's very unlikable um, and there's an issue with her being particularly reliable narrator and and Otesha's um, writing often unfairly I think gets compared a lot to Brett Easton Ellis um, this book in particular got compared a lot to American Psycho, mm. um, which I think is really unfair because I think it's ten times better than American Psycho thinks it is. But I'm I'm actually really interested for you to read that. Yeah, book. I will um, do a swap because I do want to read that. Um, number two is An American Marriage by Tayari Jones. Um, it's a book about two people um, writing letters to one another, charting kind of the the build up and the degradation of their marriage. Um, mm. The writing of it is just phenomenal. It made my heart hurt so much. It's just it's just absolutely beautiful. I've never read anything like it um and then the the two things that i enjoyed probably the most this year were um conversations with friends and normal people by oh, sally, sally rooney. rooney i make absolutely no apologies for loving sally rooney's books as much as i do it's, it's really it's funny how polarizing she is i never expected that to be honest no she's an incredibly polarizing writer and i 
the reason I enjoy her book so much is that I do think that you're right. I think there's something that's so incredibly relatable about the way that she writes and the mm. things that she writes about. And I, it, it probably is something about our age that we are. I think it probably her age. is as well. I think she's 27, 28. Mm. So she's very similar age range to us. And I think that for me, she just really captures a lot of the things and experiences that, of young women mm-hmm. of a certain yeah, age. Definitely. Um, and I just think her writing's brilliant. So um, she's fab. Really enjoyed those. Um, other things I enjoyed this year, were um, Crudo and The Lonely City both oh you did Lang. enjoy Crudo because again Crudo is one that um, has polarised people quite a lot I, I thought it was brilliant it reminded me a lot of that kind of like stream of consciousness like modernist stuff I read when I was at uni actually mm. because it's just kind of all in one Asymmetry by Lisa Halliday um, mm-hmm. White Tears by Harry Kunzru, um The Immortalist by Chloe Benjamin which I know a lot of people love I thought it was a book of two halves the parts of it that I really enjoyed I really enjoyed and there were parts of it that I thought were less interesting oh. Okay. Um, the Answers by Catherine Lacey, Fever Dream by Samantha Schweblin, um, Tin Man by Sarah Winman, Kitchen Confidential by Anthony Bourdain, and Big Brains by Laura Dockrell. Lovely. I, I was just going to add that, because um, you were talking about books that you've just finished, I'm like 50 pages away from finishing Max Porter's Lanny, Ooh. which is out in March next year. And I won't say much more, but I think that will probably be um, one of my books of the year easily, I'm if really, not my book of the year. I'm really um, looking forward to reading so, that. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for that to come out so everyone else can read it because it's smashing. Um, some other people told us some of their favourite reads from this year. Lisa said, Everything Except Milkman, Just Kidding, The Friend, Asymmetry, My Year of Rest and Relaxation, Washington Black, Everything Under, Go, Went, Gone, Ordinary People, The Water Cure, The Ones That Are Appearing on All Lists, to be honest. Um, Thomas enjoyed uh, What a Time to Be Alone by Chidera Igaru, um, Lonely City by Olivia Lang, and mm. Closer to the Knives by David Wonorovich. Vic said, uh, Bear Town 1 and 2 by Frederick Backman. Sophie said, What a Time to Be Alone as well. It's interesting that Lisa said Milkman, because I really want to read Milkman. Um, Can I tell you a story about Milkman? Go on. I started reading, I'd reserved it at work just before it won mm, um, the, the Man Booker. And I, so I was the first person to get that particular copy of it. And I started reading it and I couldn't, couldn't. No. I stopped and it had to go back to work because um, it had shitloads of yeah, but... all of a sudden. And I wasn't mad about it. No. Because I really I mean, it's it. interesting because my colleague Peggy really, really loved it. Um, but she was very much of the frame of mind of, she was like, I think she found it easier to read because um, she's Northern Irish and it flowed in a way that came very, very naturally yeah. to her in terms of sort of speech and language. So I think that really helped and I think it sort of was very relatable for her again. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm really I'm really keen to read it and I will read it soon. Um, Duncan uh, said The White Book by Han Kang, The Water Cure and Promising Young Women. And Jess said Giant Days, whatever volumes came out this year. Um, On to podcasts quickly. I haven't done a, a list. I've just done some shout outs for... Uh, Firstly, I think we just need to shout out to the Lady Pod Squad because they've been very, very um, good to us this year, especially the Cutaways, Amanda's Show A Go Go, Frank and Pod, honestly a podcast. They've just been, yeah, there's millions of others as well. Everyone should look up the Lady Pod Squad hashtag and have a listen to some female fronted podcast shows because um, they're very, very good. They're really great. And there's such a very, yeah, such a different number of topics and it's just a really great thing to be involved with. They're always very supportive of um, us and everyone else as well. So we really appreciate that all the time. Definitely. A few other shout outs from me, pop culture wise. Of course, I've enjoyed Keep It and Thirst Aid Kit. They've all both been very, very fun. I've enjoyed The Losers Club and the NCW podcast for books, um, for movies, the big picture, the A24 podcast. 
Halloweenies was a really good look at back through the Halloween films um, and the evolution of horror. Uh, true crime wise, uh, Teacher's Pet was a big one that went viral this year um, and has also had a, a really key development this year. So I'd recommend listening to that. Dr. Death, Bear Brook, Someone Knows Something, True Crime Garage. Um, I've also in, I've started listening to Invisibilia from the beginning. There are a few things I don't quite agree with it and I'm quite mindful I don't know what with this I think it might be because of the episode that I spoke to you about um there's an episode called uh called out which looks at calling out people within a particular music scene and it just made me really aware of how um carefully crafted podcasts can be in the same way that you know television um and even the news can be very carefully sort of choreographed and I don't often think of podcasts in that way but it's completely right that actually everything is you know carefully crafted to persuade you of a particular point of view so some of those episodes I've really enjoyed and some of them I've kind of questioned a bit more but it's been quite eye-opening and that's and that's it really what about you um there are a few things that I think I probably mentioned last year but um and a, few a lot of podcasts additions. it's just a continuation of great yeah, podcasts yeah a lot of stuff's it? just generally ongoing things especially from a pop culture point of view so for me that includes um well the big picture is new this year but um from the ringer podcast network um also the watch jam session the rewatchables mm. um the ringer is probably my favorite place for podcasts just because i like the way very they good cover quality pop content, culture yeah. um i love the hosting i love the writing from the website anyway so it's a foregone conclusion that i would love their output um again you mentioned the 84 podcast mm. it's just brilliant it, it tends to bring together um people from film for really interesting discussions so i would definitely recommend seeking that out um i really love midnight chats from loud and quiet where they usually get musicians to oh, talk nice. about just kind of like low-key subjects but it's always a really nice conversation there's been some great episodes from uh, there's one with daniel kessler from interpol some of julian baker that i really enjoyed as well um i've also really enjoyed the dave chang show as well um that's the ringer but it's dave chang the shaft and he sort of talks to lots of people from the food industry as as well as people from kind of media and culture um widely um good one from vulture which is a podcast about comedy it's usually a comedian or a comedy writer talking about a particular sketch or feature from one of their routines which oh, is, nice. is brilliant always has really interesting guests um i fell in love with all right mary which is a uh, rupaul's drag race a recap oh, podcast this year i do um, love a recap podcast i have to say it's been really brilliant actually to kind of <coughs> like watch the show and then listen to the podcast mm. um rather than kind of spending hours online reading stuff about it and the two hosts are absolutely fabulous and i would definitely recommend listening to that if you um love drag race at all um some other people um sent me a few things i enjoyed uh sophie mentioned unspooled and or all right mary mm. and jen said as well a thirst aid kit um dax shepherd's armchair expert slow burn and the wilderness um i love thirst aid kit as well it's a joy isn't it it's, it's a real joy i mean it's very on brand for us anyway right. um a couple of others stacy said the new season of Serial, Sword and Scale, Dirty John, you can tell she's a true crime fan, uh, Kicking Ass, The Thirst, thank you very much, That's My so Favourite nice. Murder, The Justice Show, True Crime Garage and Up and Vanished. Duncan said Punch Up the Jam, Eglantine, Whitechapel, Supernatural Detective and Are You Talking R.E.M. Re-Me, uh, which I think is an R.E.M. podcast. It's which really is, good. Which sounds lovely. Um, so to conclude <laughs> in a particularly on-brand way for us, um, I've, I've captioned this section, People, Places, Things. But, oh, lovely. But mostly it's just 
people. people. I've just done babes of 2018. Babes of 2018. I just, My thirsty 2018. Yeah, I thought it was a good opportunity to basically recount everyone that I may have been vaguely infatuated at any point with this. Did you year. do? Did you do everyone? Because I only did like a few. So now, uh, hopefully, you just read out ones oh, that no, I agree with. I've got probably about ten people. The oh list my god, could, that's more than me. The list could be endless. Yeah, I mean, what we've ascertained is actually the list is endless. Well, I mean, we were out um, the other day, weren't we? Well, the other day, I say the day a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, for some unknown reason, we started playing a game where people would just list. Oh, that was great! Yeah, we were we went out for drinks and people were just firing names at us of people they really didn't, but mostly think didn't think we would fancy, and we were like, "Yeah, we'll totally do it." Obviously, obviously. What about this person? Yeah, yeah obviously. obviously. So it became le- it was actually probably easier to list who wouldn't have made the cut. To be honest, that is completely true. Go um, on, go through your list of um. Okay, so I re- so here are some things that I very much things people that I really enjoyed. Um, from 2018 Jake Gyllenhaal always oh, always yes although he's in my shit list at the moment because um, <laughs> he's got a girlfriend is that because he's got a girlfriend yeah yeah, I mean, he can go in the shit corner along with everyone else. He was doing so well, and then he had to go Honestly, to France. Couldn't stay single forever. Hang out he? with a twenty-two-year-old model. That is just not, not cool, okay. Jacob. Um, Ethan Hawke, uh, John Mulaney, Nick Robinson, Alex Wolf, Daniel Kessler, uh, Michael Zegan, uh, Chris Evans and his beard, Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> and, and Army Hammer and their general escapades. Um, Bradley Cooper and his beard. Uh, Tom Holland and Anthony Porosky's um, thirst traps on Instagram. Oh my god! Um, I stopped Anthony. at this point because I thought I could have gone on the forever yeah oh god tom holland as well do you remember we were on a train and we realized that we both mutually fancy tom holland that was, that was a day. i happened to look at that was it gq yeah it was gq and I god was bless like, gq look at this picture oh it's just too much it's just it too much can't believe i fancy tom holland um just lots of actually it's been a year of fancying people who were extremely younger than me and extremely old <laughs> so isn't that lovely um i put uh the staple favorites being timmy yep. for always and you know the odd bit of Harry Styles, but not in that hat. Get rid of that hat, Harry. Get rid of that hat. Get rid of, that hat. Get rid of it. The muscles. So Michael B. Jordan has been a wonderful part of this year. A treat. Just my fave. Other people who were sort of on the muscular side. Um, I put Anthony in there because he's got like a six pack, he's so ripped. that totally counts. Um, and Justin Theroux, who is <gasps> Justin an absolute fucking thirst trap. He is too much, and he- his Instagram is unreal much like anthony he knows it as oh well. my god and like luke so evans handsome. as well luke evans i he love luke it. evans uh he's yeah that was watching the alienist and the opening scene just being luke evans having sex was a lot um the weirdos so we've definitely ascertained that we both like people because they're weird yeah so it's like april why do you fancy this person i think it's because he's weird, it's it's weird it? um i've just put mainly bill skarsgård for this because he's, he's so a weird. total weirdo and I love it. Who we were discussing someone the other day who was totally it could be anyone, honestly. Ray Fines, probably Ray Fines. Speaking of which, older men, uh Woody Harrelson, I'm so glad we got to discuss that at length this year, and Michael Shannon, who is in fact a dreamboat, if not quite terrifying. What a um and the plot twist being Bradley Cooper, but exclusively in A Star is Born, because I still don't think clean cut Bradley Cooper is cutting it for me. But dirty, smelly, alcoholic Bradley Cooper is totally, totally up there. Um, the person that we were talking about the other day, I've just done a search for weird in our group chat. Brilliant. So that's brilliant, isn't it? Whacking Phoenix. Oh my God, Whacking Phoenix yeah. is so weird. Love it. Oh, I, what I, a freak. I, well, I told you about the fact that I had a, an obsession with him deeply after I mm-hmm. sort of walked the line and then just rewatched everything that he was in. But he, we, we established that he's 44. Can't believe he's only 44. He's I have to say he looks 44. older for his age. <laughs> and then you said... 
total weirdo and I said I think that's why I fancy him because he's undoubtedly very weird very 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 weird yeah totally on board with weirdos um a couple of others from other people Duncan mentioned uh anytime Vicky is it creeps 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 I say crepes like crepes oh Vicky crepes um Vicky crepes love a crepe um taunts Daniel Day-Lewis with food in Phantom Thread Daniel Day-Lewis is one as well hungry boy <laughs> hipster Daniel Day-Lewis with you his are making phone. me thirsty oh See? my god Phantom Thread um, and Jess mentioned Richard Madden in Bodyguard Richard Madden's jawline in Bodyguard and John Krasinski's beard which is is fair in kind. A Quiet Place in particular it's it's a look um, so that's our uh, 2018 retrospective done. Thank you for sending us all of your favourite things from this year. Um, we very much enjoyed yeah. not only listing our own things, but um, finding out Hearing what from you others, yeah. really enjoyed from um, what has been a very strange year. Um, thank you to everyone for listening to our podcast at any point throughout 2018. Thanks. That was good of you. Um, it's really nice of that's you to do hours, that. That's a lot of hours, so. That's a lot of hours that you've spent. Um, Thanks also to the person who listened to the whole of that LFF episode in order to send us hate mail that was like two hours that you're not getting back that i mean that's not a highlight of 2018 but it provided us with endless hours of um of self-reflection fun. and fun yeah um by the time you're listening to this it will probably be 2019 it'll be march it'll probably march, we'll be too tired to edit it and um, then, yeah. it will be 2019 so i hope that you had a nice new year um we will be recording some more episodes soon to yes. sort of talk about some things that we've enjoyed especially in this sort of weird christmas new year oh there'll be so much out. coming up with the uh the award ceremonies as well so yep. we get to catch up on all the stuff that the americans saw last year so brilliant right. Just have a good one and we'll see you next year. Cool. Bye. Bye.